From the American School Counselor Association, this is I Hear You Say, a podcast for school counselors and other leaders in education. I'm Jen Walsh, Director of Education and Training here at ASCA. With Career Development Month right around the corner, today we'll be focused on how we can expand students' future options beyond college. We are happy to be joined by Melissa Ostrowski. Melissa received her master's in school counseling from Millersville University. She taught social studies for 10 years in the school district of Lancaster in Pennsylvania and currently serves as the K-12 counseling coordinator and high school counselor in the Penn Manor School District in Millersville, Pennsylvania. Melissa has been the president of the Lancaster County School Counselors Association and is active in PSCA. She worked on the committee to develop the initial counselor evaluation tool in Pennsylvania and has presented at many conferences. Welcome, Melissa. Thank you so much for having me this morning. Thanks for being here. So we are deep in the college planning season, but what alternatives are there for students who want to choose another path? There are actually a number of options for students for whom a four-year college path is not really for them. And I'd like to address right off the bat though that our beliefs as school counselors really impact how we approach this conversation with our students and families. Alternatives to four-year schools shouldn't really be considered plan B. You know, it's these are all viable options for every child and we need to figure out which one makes the most sense at this time for this 17-year-old person. You know, they're they're not needed to make plans for the rest of their life. So I, I think that before I even start, I think you need to understand my frame of reference is that four-year college is not like plan A and everything else plan B. I'm coming at this today from the framework that students have opportunities to choose from all these pathways and we need to present them and make sure families understand them so they're not just picking what they think is the default setting. So you ask about what alternatives there are for students who want to choose another path. We work hard as um, school counselors to send a clear and truthful message that there are many paths to success in life after high school. One's not better than the other, and we need to really continue as counselors to not impose the value of one over the other. Students get enough of that pressure. We'll probably talk about that later. Students get enough of that pressure from TV, from social media, from families. And so this is a subject that I'm very passionate about. And just the fact that we can have a conversation and get the word out that, listen, what's best for your child at this time? We sometimes, I think, in career counseling, think backwards. And sometimes students uh, and families are thinking maybe out of in, in reverse order. We often ask students, what do you plan to do after high school? And they say, oh, go to college. Or what's your child going to do? Oh, she's going to go to Penn State, for example. Excuse me, I'm from Pennsylvania. So there you are. So then we say, well, but what do you plan to study? Oh, I don't know. So, okay, I get it. You know, I, I know we grow up. We've seen our parents. We've rooted for teams. We, we've heard them cheer for certain groups and, and talk about their college memories. But what if we started by saying, what is it that you would like to do after high school? What would you like to start doing after you graduate from high school? What would you like to explore 
and then figure out, okay, what path is going to be the smartest move, the one that's going to get you ahead, um, the best in that area. And I always like to think we're talking about 17 and 18 year old kids. So we're looking for what they'd like to do after high school, but it, it, it could change. It most likely will change. So what's their next step? And this is really ingrained in our families, you know, for them to say, well, I'm going to college, but we need to broaden what we mean by college. And we need to start thinking in reverse, like, what is it that you want to do? And then what paths are out there that, that may be good opportunities for you? So to get back to your original question, now that I got that off my chest, but I think that perspective kind of helps understand where I'm coming from when I answer these. Military options are hugely viable options for students if that's the right path for them. It has, there's a host of things to offer. And we never just want to say, oh yeah, there's the military. Is that an option that this fam is right for this student and this family? Lots of positives that, that can be come from that path. Um, going directly into the workforce, we are seeing in the current labor market, we are seeing employers willing to train, willing to pay for education, learn while you earn, those kinds of programs, just like a, a maybe an apprenticeship would do. So we really want to look at like, are you able to go get employed, get a paycheck while you're being educated? So we need to look at those options for kids. Another option are short-term training programs, local community colleges, online programs. And I don't understand all of this yet because my generation didn't do this, but online credentialing. We're seeing more and more kids picking up online credentials, a lot of times in software and technology. And then that just gives them the leg up to be um, desirable. So credential programs, certificate and diploma programs, perhaps from your local community college. So your, your short-term programs, um, that would be under two years. The next one I would say is attending a community college or an associate's degree program. And many four-year schools are now picking up on this. They're realizing we don't need a four-year degree for everything. So four-year schools are now offering associate's degree programs more and more and more because they understand that's what the world is asking for. And it's a really solid ch uh, choice for many students. And then we obviously have four-year degree programs that you would need to go on for post um, graduate study. The other option that there is sometimes where it's appropriate to take a gap year, perhaps with a purpose. So there are many pathways and the key is exploring them all and not ruling them out or uh, assuming that one of them isn't right for you without even at least considering it and, and looking into what it might mean for you. Absolutely. So why do you think it is important to ex expose students to multiple post-secondary pathways? So at the risk of sounding repetitive, there's really no one size fits all. And unless they're exposed to the options, you can't choose what you don't know. And they could feel maybe trapped into something like there's only one definition of success. And that gets into a whole host of thoughts and, you know, that gets into a whole host of where am I, you know, a couple of years out of high school and you did what everybody thought you should do. I'm making air quotes around should. That's a hard thing sometimes. And then we see students changing their mind. Um, they're already paying for college tuition for two years. So there they go having $50,000 debt, but they're not really happy with what they 
are what their path is, and and yet they don't have a finished degree that's actually going to help them get ahead. And and this is a trap that we see some people falling in. There are different kinds of learners. Students have different skill sets, and kids need to see that there are options out there that might click with them that aren't what everybody else is supposedly saying they should do. A phrase that I often use with kids, you can't be it if you can't see it. And so as school counselors, professional school counselors, we really need to know um, that it's important to continue to value exposure to opportunities. And if we have a K-12 comprehensive counseling program in place, we're able to build in systematic levels of exposure, elementary, middle school, high school, so that the students get the opportunity to see workers, to see education settings, to hear about career areas that maybe aren't like doctor, lawyer, nurse, teacher, you know, that's our job. That's our job as school counselors is to facilitate that exposure and to provide those opportunities. In a perfect world, we're doing it along with the classroom teachers and intertwining it in everything so that you, you learn from the natural connections. But I think that's why it's important to expose them so that they don't have to follow that one definition of success. You know, it's tough to break out of. Yeah. And I think you, you brought up a good point um, in that we're talking about like 17 and 18 year olds here. And how are we to expect, you know, every 17 and 18 year old to know what they want to do already and yet pushing them into an expensive college or something when they don't have that definitive career path, it can be, you know, a very expensive learning process. So why not start thinking about those careers first? like you said, um, and then start thinking about how do I get to that? I, I just want to say, I am not under any circumstance bashing the four-year college plan. Mm-hmm. And I it, obviously, uh, the earning potential, there are many positives to having a four-year degree. I think what we need to just do is recognize that America is made up of a lot of different people with a lot of different skill sets and a lot of different dreams and goals. And I think that we need to continue to value all work and to provide students the opportunity to explore all those areas without feeling like they're pigeonholed or pushed into something that maybe isn't right for them. Absolutely. That's a good point. When do you think it is appropriate to start having these conversations with students? So I think that we as parents and guardians and caretakers of even young children, we narrate life for them. We narrate when the trash truck comes down the street and we say, oh, look, they're getting, they're, they're picking up our garbage. They're working hard. It's hot outside. When we go to the nurse and, and, and they give us a shot, there are ways we just narrate life in general for our young children. And so I don't mean to um, mean that we need to be teaching young children, you know, with postcards or matching sets of careers necessarily. But I think these natural ways of just talking are completely appropriate for young children. And then when they get into school, they might have um, a couple vocabulary words for people who are different kinds of workers. They may not recognize that all yet. But I do think this really is important to have conversations with children age appropriate, grade level appropriate conversations with children in elementary school on up. And we do those things by having K-12 
kids at work day, career speakers, um, where all the teachers wear their college shirts or where, you know, just to say, oh yeah, I do something after school. Hmm, what do I see myself doing? And as they get older, we just make those questions a little more deeper and less general and a little more individualized. So I think that starting very young, continuing into school age, uh, we used to not really, we used to do like a little career activity in elementary school, maybe once a year. Um, we're trying to get away from that. In Pennsylvania, and I'm sure it's similar throughout the, the country, we have our Pennsylvania career education and work standards. And they're really, along with ASCA mindsets and behaviors, kind of how we model our comprehensive program and and look at, okay, what, what do we need to meet and what grade levels do we need to meet that? And so we've been pushed along in that direction to move it into the elementary, but it's just been a good, a good move all along because you don't want to start talking about careers in ninth grade. That's, we've missed a lot of opportunity there. So I would say um, starting early and starting with a, like a planned approach that builds on the level of thought process about careers is totally appropriate. How do you combat the pressure felt by students and often their families to pursue college as their main post-secondary option? And I guess, how do you navigate pushback from families if or when students want to pursue other pathways? So at the beginning of the podcast, I believe your questions start out with, started out with, we are knee deep in the college process. And so we are really starting to have these conversations and I will recognize right off the bat that it's a challenge. And I work in, in a public school setting and no matter what the setting is though, obviously we wanna respect the desire of the family. You know, ultimately at the end of the day, it's the family that is going to support this child, um, support the student on the plan for after high school and work with them, Ho hopefully in an ideal world, that support would be there. So, you know, I think that as counselors, we always need to know our role and our place. Um, we have opportunity and information to offer, but I think going into it in a humble approach as a partner with a family, like, okay, here we are, this is what, Jose is saying he's interested in doing, and I hear you saying that this is what you planned for him, and and let's talk about these different options. Because as much as we, the truth of the matter is really, is we know that kids are busy, families are busy, guardians are busy, and so they have snippets of conversation. Rarely is a family sitting down for, okay, let's talk about college planning for an hour or two or three at a time and really looking at options. And so just to have the luxury of sitting down with a family, I think is amazing as a counselor to be able to sit down with, with a family and have these conversations, share what we know as it's appropriate. Maybe we need to sit down and, and open up about labor market data. Maybe we need to pull up our local career link website with labor market data. Maybe we need to pull that up and say, okay, let's look at this. You know, just use our expertise and see what the family needs. Do we need to talk about job placement prospects? Do we need to look at a few of the colleges they're considering and say, how, what's their job placement percentages? If this is important to you as a family, but the kid wants to go to a four-year school, okay, you want them to get a job, you want to go to school, let's look at schools that have a really good job placement. So it's meeting the family where they are and helping facilitate that conversation. Sometimes we may need to do some myth busting as it relates to financial aid. 
We may need to show them how to use the net price calculators on college websites and, and really define what, what college means monetarily. It's this concept in the mind, but sometimes just sitting down and, and fact finding a little bit. So we counselors, I think, need to not approach those meetings as I'm going to change your mind. We use our people skills and we, we, we share information and we, we help them come up with a, a decision that's right for them. I mean, ultimately, if they have information, they can make educated decisions. And that's what, and we're teaching them a pretty cool problem solving process and decision-making process in the process. I think it could, in a lot of cases, just be a lack of, of knowing that these options are available or knowing you know, what the labor market is, like you said. So I think just serving as an educator and helping educate the families and the students of these different options is critical. Yeah. You know, I find that if we just stick to the data, you know, take the personal out of it, parents and guardians don't want to come into an office and feel like they're being judged and feel like they're being, you know, something is is going against them. And students also need us to be their voice. And so it really is a great opportunity for counselors to include all their skills and expertise. What can counselors do to support these future pathways? You know, I think that's honestly where talking with your district, getting support for a K-12 comprehensive counseling program in your district, and then following that. If you have a plan in place, you're going to have built in tier one, tier two, and tier three level interventions for students throughout the grade levels to be exposed to these options, to get basic vocabulary, to get basic knowledge. Um, so I think a comprehensive counseling plan is the most important thing that we as counselors can do. And obviously paying attention to any of your state requirements. We, like I said, have the career education and work standards in our state. We, our district bought a platform. We happen to use Zello. Um, there are other platforms out there. Many school districts use one that uh, use Google Docs and, and do something that's part of their own student information system. But we build that into our curriculum K to 12 so that teachers and students and families know we are talking about this with our students. We advocate as counselors to have opportunities for our students. I'll give you a really small example. We have 10th graders that we used to say, hey, is anybody in 10th grade interested in learning about the Career and Technology Center? And then we would have 40 or 50 kids, 70 kids come down out of 400. And we said, why aren't we having all 10th graders come down? How will it hurt them to all listen to that and learn some labor market data? And uh, so we advocated for that. We've worked with our administration and it doesn't seem like a rocket science idea looking back on it, but for the past three years now, we've had all 10th graders there for that meeting. And you know what? If it makes 50 of them think, oh, then we've done our job, exposure, exposure, exposure. So that's what we need to do. At the heart of it, it's, have, it's having an ear to your community. It's having an ear to what's going on in your, in your schools, in your state, in your labor market, in your, in your state. You know, most kids, many kids travel, but really we do tend to serve our areas. So we need to be good stewards of having that K-12 comprehensive counseling program that exposes our students and provides opportunity for them. What kind of role does 
things like social, emotional skill development, uh, financial planning, connecting like future goals to academic choices and performance? What sort of role do, does all of that play? Right. So now you're going to get me on my soapbox. Mm-hmm. But um, to me, career education is a social emotional intervention. What could be more hopeful than having a future orientation or something that you think you want to do in the future that you're excited about? What could be more um, motivating, goal setting, incentivizing to do well in classes? So I think career education, it's so personal for students. It's the one thing that they can say, I want to be this. And the person next to me wants to do this. And the person next to me is good at this. It's their own. In, in science class, we're all learning biology because we have to pass the state test. We get that. But why is biology important to me? That's the conversation that I can have as a counselor. So then it, all of a sudden, uh, it becomes an academic. Career education becomes an academic intervention because they realize I need to do well in this because I need to get through this so I can take the environmental science class because you know what? I'm worried about climate change or whatever. I'm making this up. We've seen it in athletics. Students who play athletics do well academically when they're in their sports season because they need to be eligible. So career education has turned into, for me, a positive and something that that can be hopeful, that can be individualized, and that can motivate kids to do well in class and move on because they're starting to see their own personal goal. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. I think that As a school counselor, we have so much impact on these, what other people would see as real minor conversations or um, day-to-day common common conversations. But to see that spark go on with a student when you have a, a short conversation and you let them know about something they didn't know about before they maybe walked into your office and they leave all of a sudden with, oh, I could be that. It's the same feeling you get when a little kid says what they want to be when they grow up. It might change 10 times over. That high school student may never finish that major that they think they're starting with. But you know what? To have a purpose, we all know what motivates people in life. To have a reason, a purpose, and that's kind of what I look at career education. What is one thing that gives you hope or motivates you? So I'm not sure if this answers your question exactly. But something that motivates me is seeing that little light go on. If I can see a student kind of realize, and I know it sounds cliche, that aha moment, but if you see a student realize, oh, I could go to the local two-year technical school as a senior next year and have my first year of college done when I graduate high school, or, oh, I can take AP biology and get credit for that and not have to pay $3,000 for that class in high school, or I can go to tutoring after school this week and you'll bust me home and I can get my homework done with a teacher there to help and you'll give me food. Like it's these little things that, that motivate me because I feel like it's so not about that little thing I just taught them. It's about the fact that they now have like self-advocacy and problem solving and, and a little bit of hope. That's what motivates me. That's really beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Melissa, for joining us today. And thank you all for listening. 
We hope to have you back for our next episode, but until then, be sure to check out our website, schoolcounselor.org, for school counselor resources. We'd also love to engage with you all on all of our social media platforms. Find us on Facebook at the American School Counselor Association, Twitter at AskaTweets, and Instagram at WeAreAska. Thanks and hear from you soon. I'm Jen Walsh, and this has been I Hear You Say, the podcast from the American School Counselor Association.